Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. By the end of this episode, you may be even more confused than before you started listening to this podcast. Just joking. <laughs> Today's episode is one that is sure to catch many attention because this is something that many people battle throughout the past decade plus, especially what's happening in light of Elon Musk acquisition, well, pending acquisition of Twitter. It's been a lot of conversation going on about censorship and freedom and freedom of speech and what can you say and what you can't say, and who can be blocked and who can't be blocked and all of that topic, right? So I want to dive all in the guts. But before we do that, the quickie. Eliminating social media data forever when you turn 18 years old. Look, I'm going to say it again. Eliminating social media data forever when you turn 18 years old. So this topic came to me a while ago. I was thinking about, um, I can't even think of the many different people who've been, air quote, canceled over the past years where someone may have said something in high school, middle school, what have you, during their teenage years, and they become famous CEO, spokesperson, television host, anchor, something like that. And folks do some digging of online history and find out that, oh, when this kid was in middle school or in the 10th grade, he or she stated this. And I'm like, wow, we can't, ha we, you know, People should be given the space to evolve, to change their mind, to grow into maybe a different think way of thinking. And so I'm putting out the idea, maybe, just maybe, all social media data, posts, comments, everything expunged, deleted forever once an individual turns 18 years old. I know this is wild, right? You're thinking... I'm going to lose the his historical perspective of things I said when I was a kid. Yeah, because guess what? You were a kid. And now you're an adult. You may be in a different space, a different mindset. Maybe you were angry that day and you deserve to have the right to go on your social media platform and say what you want to say in some cases, right? We're going to discuss a lot more of that in today's episode. But I think it's important to consider maybe we just expunge all of that information from the records. So in the future, we won't hold the individual as a kid accountable for something that they said as that kid when he or she is an adult. I think that is very important to consider. What do you guys think? Do you think we should eliminate data forever? Or you save it somewhere. I mean, I don't think data in general is completely expunged from records, to be honest. But, you know, we could, as a society, pass laws to ensure that that, in fact, does happen. So I would say I am all in favor, maybe have a few little disclaimers out there or a few criterion that that prohibits, in some cases, it stays on the books for, you know, hidden or sealed away for a period of time, just in case there's maybe a crime and you want to go back, meaning the judge can ask the release of this information to be sealed or hand over to lawyers or the um, the right appropriate people if there's like a crime or something related. Other than that, I'm all for deleting the information as a kid. Again, what do you guys think? Let me know um, either via social media, email, in the streets, if you see me, just let me know what you think about that. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and others. I have none other than one of my homies. He's been one of my homies for almost forever. If you can, it's pretty much family now. Uh, joining the podcast, A-Game, also by popular demand, by the way. I've been asked to bring this individual back on the podcast. And this individual don't even know that. <laughs> it's the first time hearing about it. So let's welcome back Paul Prince to the podcast. What's going on, everyone? Glad to be back. <laughs> right, no, it's good to be back. Uh, this is Paul Prince. 
Yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, yes, this is Paul Prince. Uh, my nickname for Pod, Bean Pod is Prince Charming because I'm so charming. Um, really? Of is course, this episode is about mm -hmm. social media. <laughs> this episode is about social media, the ups and downs, the woes, the positives, the negatives. Um, I bring um, to this conversation 22 years of working in communications and commercial government um, space. Uh, so I'm excited to, to hear what um, XC3Z has is. to say. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what X3C has to say about the topic. And again, engage us. If you're listening to us live right now, please um, submit some questions if you can. If not, um, when you're listening to it um, in your spare time, you know, submit some questions, tag us, engage us online. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. So um, I do want to bring up a bunch of topics as it relates to this. It's it's. I want to dive all around the circle. Like sometimes people like to, let me just throw this out there <laughs> before I even say any other thing. Uh oh, uh, duck y'all, I, I, You better, all of you. I, it, I'm not going to tell you. I'm, look, I get frustrated. I want to say I cringe. I get very frustrated. And maybe it's like, it's a, you know what? It's a trigger. Whenever I hear someone say, oh, there's two sides or the, the other side. I'm like, bitch, there are on a, a countless sides to anything right it could be infinite 100 10 12 75 whatever the case is it could be just one right but you know when i hear folks say oh there's two sides i almost stop listening <laughs> yeah. it's a classic and, uh glass uh gas lighting topic oh that sounds fine and dandy but there's always two sides keep going Again, guys, the and girls, there are and others. There are so many topics are related to social media, and I really am trying to 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 hone this conversation into censorship versus freedom. And I'm mm -hmm. gonna attack this again from multiple different viewpoints, not one or two sides. Um, so I do want to start off first by just having a open general conversation about social media in general. So, what are your thoughts on social media? any thoughts so i think in general my my thoughts on social media is that it's it, it's amazing it's a double-edged sword it's a good resource for people to get positive information positive energy out there people have become famous off of social media people have become a little bit more woke rich off of social media just by posting videos of things that they love places that they've been um, it's, it's an amazing space. However, anything that has a yin has a yang. And social media also is a, a place where bad things can happen. Not that it's anyone's fault that these things happen, but they can happen. May it be human trafficking um, initiated through it, bullying, uh, trolling. There's all these negative things that can happen on social media. So I'm excited about the conversation and where it will go today. So I have a friend who made a comment um, about social media and I actually have several friends who tend to view social media in a negative light often tell me that they don't like social media they don't like what people I guess portray and for me it's all assumptions right I don't know the intent of someone's post I'm only looking at what they're providing out there and that's where I stop I don't go into the tails uh, the, the the what is it called when you're your, your nose diving down into the behind why someone made the post or trying to psychoanalyze what exactly they're trying to put out there whatever they put i take for face value and that's it and i keep it moving also i hear a lot of people talk negatively about like facebook and that they hate facebook in these comments often and it, you and i've had this conversation before where you talk about like my determination of, of things and I know I'm a very determined person and I know how to have that balance of emotional intelligence emotional conversation mm -hmm. with a logical perspective and I, I I value that as a skill set of mine and I understand others not no some people don't have that right and you know I look or use Facebook it, I always have that question, what, what exactly is the harm, right? And and I get it. Some people go into the comment sections and they just read and they read and then it just gets inside of them and they can't seem to somehow break themselves free. I don't mm -hmm. do that. So I don't read the comments on Facebook at all. I barely even scroll through Facebook. I'm there because it notifies me of birthdays, clutch, clutch, 
I need it. I need the birthday notifications on Facebook. I don't care what anyone says. If that's the only value, then that's a great value for me. But also, again, I just like if I'm looking at a post of someone, I may scroll on Facebook for possibly 60 seconds, a minute, the most, and then I'm off. Right. I'm there. I'm in closed groups, several closed groups on Facebook. And that is what I use Facebook for and the value, I think, the rich value of Facebook. But I'm also on Twitter and I'm there. I'm, I swear to you, I am there to hear the shenanigans. I'm, I'm there to actually to read the shenanigans because I find it funny. Right. I don't necessarily get into, again, all of the political talk, all the religious talks. I think for me, just looking at other topics, it's it, like technology, business and finance, hence the theme of this podcast. That's that's the energy I love. Right. And so for me, I look at social media like that. I, I don't know. I just find it very interesting when individuals tell me oh, I'm taking a break from social media. I'm like, what the hell? What are you doing on social media that you have to take a break from it? Like, what is and maybe you're right. The person needs to take a break because something is going wrong. If you have to physically move yourself from something, it's almost like an addiction yeah. almost. What do you think? So I think I think that you have a great point. I think we're all oh, do you different think? individuals. We're all unique. Um, I think we're all unique and we're all individual people. Um, just like you said for yourself, you're a very strong-willed, strong opinionated type person. But one other aspect of like censorship versus freedom I often think, and this goes back to my quickie a little bit. Do you own your data? Do we actually own our data? All the information that we post online, do we own that? Do I have an ability to go back and say, remove years, you know, 17 through 19. I want all of that deleted forever. Do I have ability to go back and archive information? Do I have the ability to say, no, I don't want this information posted somewhere or shared with a third party app or corporation? Where do I have the ability, the ability to draw the line and say, this is my data? But ultimately, I think we don't own it. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the corporations own it. And pretty horrible you know that we don't have as much control and i think that's something we all should consider how do we gain the control back of the data because data is key and this is where the corporations are really making their money because having your information and then utilizing that information is what the corporations are really making so we don't need you to pay for anything you ever notice why most of these social media platforms are free and how these companies make a lot of money yeah because they're using your data your data is the currency and and we at some point as the end user who are providing that company with the data we should have some type of ownership or say about that information so owning your own data like i said i think it's very important that you know we kind of sort of push for for the ability to own our data so that we can maybe even make money off of our data, right? I mean, the companies are making money off it. Now, on the flip side of that, someone would say, well, when you become like a, a, a blue check on Twitter, or you become, uh, I guess, a certified on Instagram or verified on Instagram, you know, then you have the ability to make money. And I get it, right? But that's when you reach a certain status. What about the millions of other of the others who aren't at the, the top levels? And, you know, how can we make money off of our likeness, if you will? What do you think, Paul? No, I think you you can own your data. One interesting part about it, you talked about, you know, having to go back and delete things from years ago. Um, we talked earlier in one of the podcasts about owning your brand, um, you know, and that's part of your brand, you know, information and communication that you put out there in cyberspace or in any space that is owning your brand. So just like in social media, if you put something out there on the Internet, it's going to be out there forever. Um, and, and yeah, like so it's a double edged sword. You know, you can be your authentic self and say, hey, yeah, I own that was the growth. And then other spaces, you know, that it's held against you. So I would say there is good considerations about um, that on both sides. One good example, if you are a Netflix person, there's a show called Senior Year with my girl Rebel Wilson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's an a um, 
a episode, not an episode, but a part in the movie where an Indian American girl, they're at a kegger for graduation and uh, her male friend was about to videotape her doing a dance or whatever. She's like, hold up, don't video cam me. I'm going to be the next president of the United States, you know, in 2020, whatever. And then she's like, you know what? Freak that. I'm going to do it anyway. And so a lot of times, you know, it's a good, it's an actual interesting, you know, checkpoint with yourself. You, a lot of times when we're in these moments, we don't think about doing that. But it's it's such a, a, um, a challenge to navigate, you know, owning your data, owning your, your personal brand and how you control that on social media. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I, so, you know, we're talking about like the corporations in general. I mean, oftentimes I hear a lot of stories about folks wanting to dismantle some of these, co- you know, these companies, you know, and I'm not going to get into like the conversation about what's too big or too small. I think that's hilarious that people actually talk about that. Um, but, you know, I think about like competition. This is where it gets weird, right? Where we, we talk about our data and, I feel there's a race to acquire our data and just think about like the companies like Facebook back to that example, they now own Instagram and they own WhatsApp and you know, these are massive platforms. All three are massive platforms that Facebook now owns and owns data of you. Think about Google who have Google maps, Google search, Google translate. Like all of the data that's involved, Amazon that has Alexa and your search history, your buying history when you purchase stuff on Amazon. I could, you know, I could keep going and going. You know what's funny? I tell my mom and friends all the time when you see these different little game. Well, they call them games or uh, surveys. We're like, oh, see who, uh, see what um, celebrity you look like, or see yep. Um, yep. what kind of. Uh, professional you would be had you followed but whatever and they ask you all these different questions what people don't realize this is data farming they're getting data from you and so they can you know store that data up sell it to other companies so you know just like me i used to be a insta uh shopper but i stopped doing that because i had a couple of bad experiences really that, that's a that's a different story i mean i don't i don't want to put your business out there but i can say i've had great experiences with purchases on Instagram. I actually thought at one point that I purchased something uh, years ago and it it never came. Well, I won't say it never came. It literally came a month and a half, a month and maybe two months later. I literally forgot all uh, forgotten about like making that purchase, but it actually came. So I, it's interesting. I don't know if you want to share your story about it, but no, it. absolutely. So with me, um, you know, Halloween, I love getting dressed up and getting costumes. This year, I had two opportunities to wear costumes. One was supposed to be Green Lantern. I found this nice, sleek, padded leather, full body, slim fitting, fitting. <laughs> bodysuit, bodysuit that <laughs> that is just like uh, Green Lantern or the Landon Corps. Um, so ordered it about uh, a month or so in advance. It never came. I ordered like two, actually two different ones and they came after Halloween. Um, but again, I think when well, you're you doing, it never uh, came, it came. It just I mean, it came, but it didn't came when I needed it. They give you came like, you Oh, <laughs> <laughs> keep it clean. Keep it clean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I just feel as though, you know, one has to be very careful, um, when dealing with or shopping online, especially when you're doing it from social media, again, you know, these social media platforms, they are, uh, forming data, they're collecting data, they're storing it, um, so they can sell you stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, your data is worth something. Uh, you are worth worth more than something It's worth a lot. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and just want to give a shout out for the gift, Jimmer Time. Thank you for the gift. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Um, as we talk about like the data, you know, I can t- tell you, I am watching these companies purchase other companies. It's almost like they're eliminating the competition because the goal is to acquire your data. So it's to acquire as much data as they can from other companies. And obviously they use that information in AI, right? And, and I think about AI, I love it. And I know a lot of people may not, and it's fair. And you don't have you don't have to love it, right? And so but what I love about AI is because if my search history 
provides an indication to some product information out there that you know you can bring to me bring to my attention that'd be great some individuals may think that's too much i don't want to know what's out there i do want to know i want to know what what that look like if someone is like having some type of fashion or if it comes to technology what the new trends are in smartphones or eyewear you know or body wear armor like i'm really into all of that i actually had a joke early in the gym today about um being a cyborg and i've mentioned this before on a podcast i would love to be a cyborg look we we don't have an infinite amount of time to live we don't but if we merge with cyborg maybe we could maybe i can upload my conscious into a computer into ai maybe you i know can, that sounds crazy maybe you people, can but i love it maybe you can upgrade your uh less desirable pieces of yourself <laughs> exactly we can make we can make ourselves who we want to be in a metaverse right i mean that's ultimately i think where we headed in yeah. general and so i do think there is you know we should be aware and we should be we should pay attention and we should hold companies liable when things go wrong or we feel like they're pushing the edge a little too much but i think about, i don't know all about how governments work in terms of like social media protections and things like that across the globe but i can say in the u.s it feels very open and so, all so of- i will tell you i think with the u.s we have um we have some of the i would say i say strongest and that's very uh relative uh, of of social media or online laws there's a lot of freedom in other countries of what they can and cannot do online i will tell you again you know just like when we talk about um raising kids and stuff that begins in the home i i I believe that in america we always pass the buck on everyone else outside of ourselves and our families and our households when it comes to stuff i mean just like social media there's a lot of bullying that happens there's a lot of cyber stalking there's a lot of human trafficking that begins online believe it or not and i think it's on the individual if you're a responsible grown-up and you have your own cognizant mind to educate yourself on what are the the highs and lows of dealing with um, people and interacting online as well as teaching others the best ways they can do that Uh, i want to put a plug out there for one of my former agencies that i work for um and i know they don't get the best route but uh u.s immigration customs enforcement but specifically their investigative branches just like the fbi homeland security investigations they do a lot of investigations in cyberspace where they're you know like say for instance for example you know you go to baseball games and there are people who sell paraphernalia not all those peddlers are licensed people selling um licensed paraphernalia like i've right. i went to the nba finals i was blessed to go to the nba finals twice oh, I when i was in san francisco oh mm-hmm. i was jealous <laughs> it was <an> amazing time <laughs> but part of me going there for was work it? was <laughs> it part of me going there for work was for copyright infringement uh working with um the nba to ensure that um people who were selling merchandise um, outside the stadium, we had licenses and the proper paperwork to do that. Now, people wonder like, oh, they're not hurting anyone. They're not doing anything wrong. Believe it or not, there are transnational criminal organizations that are funding these efforts. And we are sending this money, you know, to wherever it goes. Like, you know, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, they call El Chapo. El Chapo is one of the most notorious um, drug kingpins or, or criminals in our in our lifetime right now. And, you know, part of the funding that these transnational criminal organizations uh, get is from online sales and online interactions. So, you, you know, as a person, you just have to be careful, get more informed and be more responsible and stop passing the buck to other people. Yeah, you actually brought up to, uh, something, but I, I do want to go back to a point you made about like the, the, the I guess, well, not necessarily restrictions. Some countries do have more restrictions than the U.S. I think the U.S. is a little, we have restrictions, but we are a lot open. And what that means for me, we are a lot, we're, we're more open to our, to persuasion, right? Of someone posting something and we are open to that. But in some other countries, you know, they are, their social media is blocked in some regard where the government controls it. And that, this is a, t- a touchy one here. I want to, I want to tread lightly, but you know, in some, in some regard, in those countries where it's government control, sure, it's one voice, and everyone's being told how to somewhat think, or uh, what information is being shared and not shared. Um, 
But I also think there's some value to that. In the U.S., we kind of sort of don't have that. We kind of just so open to it all where we are susceptible to everything. And I I, I kind of sort of do like the idea of, of locking it down a little bit. And I'm not saying to control us. I think that's the wrong term. And I also think that's not what I'm looking for. But I think it's important that we we recognize the impact of social media and what it's doing to us. Right. And I'm I'm all for social media. I am not against it. But I do recognize not everyone have the discernment to to see when something is like a, a troll, for example. And I'm about I'm gonna jump on a whole wagon in a minute when we get on this next t- uh, topic. But I just think it's, it's important that we recognize that some governments block things. It may not be a bad thing. That's, 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 I think that's no, I mean. totally agree it with you. I think thing. that um, with social media, as other parts in life uh, may have been, you know, uh, prohibition, uh, legalizing certain hardship and the process of actually getting there. Um, when it comes to laws, I mean, obviously, you know, we look at, I know this is not supposed to be political, but um, censorship or how we are allowed or the, the freedoms that we have in cyberspace, those are laws that those are laws that are have and are have not been passed. So I think at this point, you know, as we try to move our society forward to get to a space where, you know, humanity or citizens feel world citizens feel as though they have enough freedoms to communicate to share to network um to connect online that we also have the protections we have the restrictions we have the necessary safeguards if you will to ensure that people are having um a reasonable expectation online one plug that i'll put and of course i love tv i love making things relatable for people uh, Carrie Washington, amazing actress. Uh, she starred Who in Cry Le- on a Dime, by the way. A dime. The other person you know <laughs> who's an actress or actor who can literally just waterworks. It just comes out of her face. Denzel Washington. <laughs> Not like Carrie Washington. I mean, she cries on, like, oh, it's just, you say cry tears. <laughs> but uh, in mentioning her in Little Fires Everywhere, the uh, little the one girl um, from the family that um, the, it's not really the the competing family, but the the um, Caucasian family um, that she was affiliated with, the little girl she did a a artistic protest at her school, and so and you know of course in there Carrie Washington was an artist, so she went to Carrie Washington and said, oh I got so much backlash for this, you know how do you deal with this as an artist? And of course when Carrie Washington saw the piece, she was like, this is interesting. Um, and it does have a little air of, um, of privilege. And she told her, she said, you know, I'll tell you this. She said, you can't expect to put something out in the universe or any space and not expect anyone to challenge it. And what I took from that is like, you know, when I am my authentic self, go back and please listen to living um, flamboyantly you. Um, when you're living your authentic self, when you are doing things that's living your truth, there will be people that don't understand you. People don't uh, understand where you come from, your background, your journey. And there would, may be some backlash. Do you? Do they owe you that? Or are they? Um, is it okay for them to do that? I think in a positive way, it's okay to have that conversation. But you shouldn't expect everyone to agree with you. But you also shouldn't expect people to come at you in such a derogative and nasty way where you can't have a general conversation. There are many times me and this human being on the phone, X3C, we will have conversations and we'll be on the opposite end, polarized ends of a conversation. But at the end of the day, even though, you know, this person is one of my best friends, he teeters from one to two, depending on how he treats me. (laughs) I I still love him. <laughs> I still love him as a human being at my core, and it's okay if we disagree. I think that's Absolutely. what makes us you unique to, yes, individuals, right? Because we are unique individuals, right? And we're not we're not like a program, computer program, or a simulation or a robot where we all have to walk in line with one another. There's seven billion plus people on this planet. We are all going to think differently, and so you mentioned not expecting. I'm on the opposite end, as you just mentioned. I expect to receive positive and negative information. And I'm preparing myself for when it comes. How will I respond? How will I handle it? Um, it's because, on now. We ready. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's something I can tell you. I, if, if someone asks me a weakness of mine, I can tell you. Some of these people. There's a time. 
some of the <laughs> some of these people who have um like these social media breaks i feel as though that's why they have them because it's like oh i can't oh, take yeah. this this distress but again you may do it to yourself because you can choose social media can be very uh, much so of a passive rather than an act of communication you can choose when and when not to engage doing it to themselves i i think i have yes shots fired whoever took it that way pew, i think pew. you are doing it to yourself when you when you're out there constantly um reading and you're engaging and you're doing what i call online battles you know you're gonna you're just gonna get frustrated right and for me it's not to battle someone to get to change their perspective for me it's just to see and read different perspectives and that's it i i don't i don't try to psychoanalyze it i don't try to take it in to try to figure out why they think this way oh they think that way now i know how to move forward oh you have you responded this way oh now i know how to address you you know that's that's how i'll deal with it i'm not trying to attack anyone and i think the problem we have i'm not you know again I, I'm, I'm trying not to call out people i have so many thoughts in my head on this topic but there are there have been people who've contacted me about different topics and i just leave it at that about about your photos that you be posting on your trips actually <laughs> i've gotten great response about that but what if i would have wished anything that come on Bozzy. but that's that? a good topic though body positivity because that's one of the biggest issues online you know being able to post what you want and most times it's your that's own true. individual person it's about oh, your snap. person i'm happy you said that so damn this is good back in the gym this morning we were literally talking about like being okay with our bodies and one of my gym classmates because i do a crossfit gym shout out to crossfit you guys haven't if you don't know uh crossfit shady grove or i think the name's changed it's cool or whatever shady grove strength right <laughs> and so one of the comments were made that well i didn't like my body 10 years ago when i was smaller I'm like, well, and, and we all started laughing. It's not a cult, whatever. <laughs> and we started laughing that, um, and and now look at us 10 years later, we still like kind of sort of talk about our bodies. So we wasn't happy when we were smaller. We want, we're not happy now. It's almost like we're never going to be happy with our bodies, right? Because we always constantly comparing ourselves. And maybe that is the, 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 the sad negative reality of social media. Um, which I think is interesting. Um, it is not a cult. Who are these people in this comment section? <laughs> <laughs> you know who it is. You you absolutely know who it is. <laughs> oh, but I do want to I do want to transition a little bit um, to talk about. You mentioned earlier bullying, and this is a topic that I can go ham on. I'm gonna try to be respectful to the parents out there. I will. But you you kind of hinted that you know the responsibilities start at home. And I am 100% in agreement with you. Before an individual get an online account, the parent should, you know, I think it should be a first 30 days, first 60 days. You're constantly talking about examples and things that you may or may not see online to prepare their son or daughter or day for what can happen. I, ha I have three good examples. First example, WAP by Cardi B. Yeah. When WAP came out, um, there were so many men, of course, maybe hyper-masculine, uh, toxic masculine um, gentlemen or men, whatever. Hold on. You said the key word, your child. What are you teaching your child at home? I, my mom has always taught us like, y'all not gonna shame me in these streets. So, <laughs> so this is this is what you learned at home. <laughs> this is what you learned at home. Don't be getting out these streets and acting like you don't understand, you know, uh, right from wrong and what you've done wrong. Second example, um, uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, no, I, I would say, let's go to Lizzo. Lizzo with the body, body positivity. Mm -hmm. When she first came out and, you know, she was um, having the uh, the more, the semi-nude artistic nude photos, people will come at her like, why are you doing this? This is shameful. This is not um, uh, proper. And she was like, well, so you're telling me since I'm not a size uh, three, six girl, uh, shout out to Devil West Prada, size six, um, <laughs> that I can't, you know, you know, show my body the way I want to show it. Of course, you know, no one said anything when, um, what is the ESPN magazine or Sports Illustrated, whoever had the um, the athletic um, series where all the, the major athletes were naked, ESPN. were booty, 
Yeah, but butterball naked, as we say in the South. Um, you know, I naked, know no one said that. Talking about in the South. I don't remember hearing that. <laughs> and then my third, which I think might just be as controversial, is Lil Nas X. When Lil Nas X was promoting his CD and, you know, he showed up pregnant or when he... Um, uh, was promoting his video before that when he was sliding down the stripper pole in hell, which was so funny as shit to me. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> but, you know, people, you know, jumped at him like, why are you promoting this? Like, that is his art. And, you know, when the story behind these things are are so different than what people think, and they are, and people are more comfortable pushing the envelope so that we can push society forward. I think we've become so um, desensitized to the fact that everybody has their own story, everybody has their present their story that you feel as though since it's not how I've done it in my church, how I've done it in my home, how I was taught, whether it was beat senseless for me to understand something or putting time out 50 million times to learn something that someone else is not right. No, what worked for you may not work for somebody else. And, you know, we're all, I go back to, we're all individual, unique people, and we should understand that and be willing to at least be in a space to understand someone, not to agree, but to understand where they're coming from. Right. Drops um, Mike. Drops Mike and picks up Mike and throw it in trash. Um, I would say I don't want to let the corporations off the hook in this conversation. And so, though, I think most of the, of the responsibility lies with the first individual making the post you get no passes in my regard well you do get a pass but you don't you you somewhat have to own what you said and if it was a mistake or if you change your viewpoint then you come out and you articulate that i also think the parent owns a lot of the responsibility but then on the other side of that i think corporations that you know, as as we've been as we've seen recently with some of the filters, some of the controls they put in place to help with stopping of bullying, the stop of misinformation, which I think is hella critical but hella difficult to navigate. Like all of the billions of comments and posts that are made on the multiple different platforms out there, I think it's very difficult to to manage all of that. Like how do who sets the the, the bar or the parameters for what we can what we consider to be factual or non-factual I think we tee the line a lot on freedom of speech here this is why this is where that censorship part comes in well, I think it's very it's very interesting right we can't just have a blanket statement we say oh it's fake news therefore it's we pull it well is it a person making a comment well, I think that's fair. That's fine. But if someone's if someone's produced a article or a video that is blatantly wrong, okay, maybe that's when we could draw the line. I, I'm not saying I have the answer, but what I am saying this is not an easy solution. It's not. And I, what I'll offer people too, since we're talking about corporations, YouTube. Um, one of my former jobs, uh, I worked at the uh, American Battle Monuments Commission uh, in Arlington, Virginia. And so one of the issues that we had was um, our the videos um, commemorate all the for, uh, fallen soldiers who died overseas in World War One, World War Two, and and other wars overseas. And so it's it's footage, and it's not gory footage. But uh, since there is the the word war in the title, or that there is war in some of the images, there's a logarithm that YouTube has in place, and I and I appreciate them taking that step to censor bad content for people who may not be authorized to see that because again uh, social and we haven't talked about this yet the age limit or age uh, specifications for people that should be online there are people and animals who have <laughs> social media accounts <laughs> who have social media accounts and i wonder if they're the people that parents or, or guardians realize there is an age um, limit or age specification of people that's supposed to be interacting online. And I again, think so. we, I think we, in order for some of these counts to be created, I think there has to be a parental approval. I don't know the logistics. I don't have kids, so I don't know and, the thoroughness of that. Yeah, I think it's like um, sixteen and over or something like that. But there is one. Um, but I say all that to um, to say that you know there are corporations that are putting some measures into place. I mean, obviously they don't. They're not working perfectly, but they are making you know forward steps. But again, 
Another term I equate to a Southern um, uh, cliche I'm saying is that it takes a village. And I, I really feel like, you know, it takes the world village to to help get to a place when it comes to cyberspace and social media where people have a safe space or at least a reasonable space to communicate, network, uh, connect, build relationships online. And I hope we get to that part about blocking and unfriending. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> I, I'll say when it comes to this, is this uh, obviously the topic here about censorship, I think it's, it's, again, it's difficult to navigate because we have a space where we are allowed, especially in the United States, the freedom of speech through the First Amendment. And I'll just read it to you. You know, Congress shall not make a law respecting an establishment of religion or promoting the free exercise thereof of freedom of speech, press the right of the people to peacefully or peaceably to assemble and the petition of the government, meaning, you know, you have a grievance or you have frustration. You want to grieve that of the government, right? And this was established in 1791. Let's just give a shout out to those who, who who thought about this back in the 1700s. I think it's pretty dope that it's lasted this long. Um, but I can say it's difficult, right? I mean, what if you make a comment on something and it, I'm just going to put it out there because I, I keep I'm, I've been avoiding this. I know you guys. You know, I'm going to talk about Elon Musk. You know, I'm going to do it, right? I, I, Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Put it out there. <laughs> I've been trying to hold it together. I, I have received messages from individuals telling me to sell my Tesla and to cancel my Cybertruck order, which I'm not going to do either of those. And to because Elon is a evil person. And I was like, wait, hold up. What am I missing here? I follow this guy. You know, you know, you know, the ends of my fandom of this of this, this of that guy right read his books magazine postings ted talks all of the tesla um quarterly updates presentations where he's been present because he doesn't attend all of them um watch documentaries online i can go on and on right and so nothing i've seen that this individual have done recently or even in the past where he's like some evil person but there's a large segment of the, the, the not only just the u.s population but people in general who literally hates this man and i'm like he's actually doing things to to help the betterment of humanity like that is the core of who i am and i'm thinking what is exactly this guy's doing? So I'll just throw out the example, right? We're talking about freedoms of speech. We're talking about censorship. And this is where it gets tricky, right? Granted, I think Elon is one of the biggest trolls out there. He trolls the hell out of people on Twitter. And if you're not a fan, you probably wouldn't know that. He does a bunch of meme um, wars and meme comp uh, conversations with people. I think it's hilarious, the stuff that he does. But, um, you know, as we talk about, like, the freedoms and being able to freely speak that's all he's saying like do do i agree with the i like saying this guy's name the former president of the united states and some of the things he's he's said and done which nope. one that we've been we've had so I, many I, I, we have, says, the, the, the very recent uh prior i don't prior. i don't i don't understand i don't know which I, one don't, look it up yeah <laughs> donald trump is out <laughs> there not, boom boom i'm not saying the name because <laughs> i don't but he is the former president of these united states right and and while he was in office and a little bit prior you know he said some things that i totally don't agree with now do i think an individual should be banned from like twitter forever I'm I'm iffy on it, right? Do I think he should have been banned forever? And I don't know all of the infractions in the rules he's broken. So I'll say I think there should be some type of tiered approach to it. So if he's broken or has been warned that, hey, you you have violated X, Y, Z, Q, R, N, M, whatever laws, policies that Twitter have put in place, then you get a ban and each time the severity of that ban grows, right? And, and then eventually it goes to a lifetime ban. I'm absolutely fine with that. But to just make a lifetime ban, I think we get a little too tricky on censorship, right? Where we taking away a person's ability to speak on something. Now, if this individual is 
putting out false information knowingly continuously breaking the rules okay you need to get up out of here and i i i get it right and again I, this is all new to us right and so i think in general our our united states congress is a little slow at adapting to the changes of technology technology is always evolving it's moving really fast and i think the laws in the united states are really slow and behind um and i think that's most of the reason why we're a little bit frustrated and we having this internal battle and i want to specifically say this i think the danger of what's happening in the right now in the united states is we may implode from within like we are at each other and and back to the elon conversation my buddy's just like it's like this guy's evil and i was like what exactly has he done to make him evil in a tweet that i received a copy of i follow the guy obviously so the copy of the tweet i received was that that elon said he's gonna vote republican who the hell cares like <laughs> there's millions of people in this country who votes republican like that that is his right that is right like who cares right i don't care and and the um, funny part about it is him saying that he go ahead i'll just say this but one thing that elon does is he again i say this he's a troll right he didn't have to put that out there. He did that on purpose. I'll let you finish and I'll come back to the, the topic. Oh, no, I was going to just say that uh, I believe that, um, you know, just because he said he's going to vote Republican, that's just a party, a, a representation of what he, maybe his values. Like I have conservative, um, uber conservative friends who, um, who vote Republican, but I believe a person like him will vote for things that matters most to him. I mean, it might be technology, it might be whatever. Just your party affiliation does not affect that as much. Some people, um, if you, again, I'm into TV, y'all. The First Lady Show is freaking amazing. If you've not watched the First Lady Show with, they're talking about um, uh, uh, Ford and uh, Roosevelt and Miss Obama. Isn't that your eyes emoji somewhere? (laughs) It's an amazing show. Um, but I say that um, now you made me lose my train of thought. See what you see how you do. My see bad. how you do. <laughs> no, bad. but I say Move that you know. But no, <laughs> but I say that to say like even though you are affiliated with a certain party, doesn't mean that you fully agree with everything that your party is saying. Yeah, absolutely right. Oh, oh, one thousand percent right. I I've always told this to many people. You know, I'm I'm. There's no history, and I'm not. Again, I don't want to dive down a political world, but I. I can say this, you know, I am very liberal. Um, I'm not much of a moderate and I am absolutely not much of a progressive. And I think it's, it's interesting when people get like very locked into something and they're unwilling to move, you know, off of that. And I give two examples, you know, there's been a time where I've actually voted for a Republican governor here in the state of Maryland because he was the best candidate at the time. And I didn't care if he was Republican or Democrat. I voted because at the time he was the best candidate, right? And so the same thing I think about like people who get consumed, and I want to say that specifically, consumed with brand loyalty. Folks feel like I've been with this company. I'm going to always be with this company. Look, that company's just out there to, you know, they may put out a product. As long as you're paying money, it's fine. They're going to keep continuing to feed and give you what you think you need. But they're also other companies out there that can provide even better services right so i've been on this kick lately to just find the best things that work for me i'm not wedded to a specific anything and stuck on that anymore and i think that's the problem we're starting to have what i mean by the implosion of america within we are literally at each other all the time about everything and it's like dude chill the hell out also can we flip the story if you simply flip the story, we start to address this in a positive perspective. So now I'm looking, where can I help? Where can I make the connection? Where can we tell the story to help for togetherness, right? But it seems everyone is on the I'm attacked, I'm the victim, I'm canceling side of it. And I'm here to tell people, don't come to me with that bullshit. I don't have the energy for it, right? We have one life to live and I'm gonna live a positive life while I'm living it. I'm not going to allow the negative pressures of the world to take my joy. Look, if I could become a cyborg, as I said, and live to see the world 500 years from now, 
I will gladly sign the hell up to do it. Um, just so I can see what, you know, where we turn out, right? Um, I do want to switch a little bit to why well, I think about like laws and I mentioned how I, I mentioned like laws are a little bit slow to react. Um, we put maybe too many parameters in place. So when I thought about like amendments, right? When you think about like the constitution of the United States, it's a document that, you know, at the time was needed and I think still is needed in some regard. Um, but we've had amendments along the way to help refine it. But I find it very interesting that I think in this day and age, I don't, I think it's almost impossible to amend those amendments. I think folks view the constitution as a document we can't ever change. And I think I find that very frustrating. So we back in this conversation about censorship and freedom. And if our laws are outdated and they don't really fit the society of today, why can't we make the damn change to make it better for us, for people now? I just think it's annoying. And so I did, I did look this up and it says 38 of the 50 states. So three fourths of the United States must um, propose an amendment to become um, a part of the, I'm sorry, to make changes to an amendment. To ratify it, you must, you must need 38 of 50 states. And that's at the Senate and the representative level. Personally, I don't think this will ever happen. I think we're kind of somewhat stuck with the with some of these policies that are a tad bit outdated. I'm not going to dive into which ones I think are. You guys figure it out for yourself. Honestly, I think we, it, it will evolve eventually. I think if you think about like the longevity and the tenure of people who are in legislative offices now and the, in the era in which they were born, a lot of the people with some of the antiquated beliefs, they are starting to, and I hate to sound morbid, but they're starting to pass and die off. And I think it's going to take another mm -hmm. 10 to 20 years until like the, the current mayors and the Stacey Abrams and all these people who are rising to the ranks to get to um, that level of influence to make a difference. It's going it's to take some time, but of course there are things that we can do now to make society better. But again, to get those people at the highest levels of, of office to make those decisions is going to take time, which, again, is a plug for vote, 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 vote. At all levels, you have the opportunity to vote. You must vote. Yeah, I think we um, that's a very positive perspective. And I'm with you on that. I would love for that to happen. I'm not saying for people to die off, <laughs> but the frustration I do feel is that those individuals are communicating with the younger generation and they are passing along dangerous viewpoints. Now, granted, I do think, I put it out here, I believe most humans are evil and good. And I didn't say good and evil first. I say evil and good. I think we are all horrible, but also amazing at the same time. And we tend to get bogged down in some of our circles where we don't understand a different perspective. And it's back to the conversation we had earlier. I'm, we are, I particularly am not trying to convey or convince someone to my side of a thought of anything. I'm just simply sharing where I stand on a matter. And that's it. And if someone shared where they stand on the matter, also cool. Now it's in my mental bank. I know what type of conversations work with this individual, or I know I can have further conversations with some of these people, but I'm not here to change anyone. And I think that's somewhat what happens online. We start to, we get in, in these, these boxing matches with people. We want to fight and make them get our viewpoint. And these people are crazy. And this left side is crazy. And this right side is crazy. People calm down. Like just, just stop it. Right. Um, I do think back to the Elon piece here that, you know, I think something needs to be said about AI. And I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but though I am a fan of the algorithms giving a search history and bringing other type of media stories, clothing technology to me based on my search history. Um, there's opportunities for us to be swayed in a way as well, 
based on your search history, right? So I think there is something we need, like some type of education. I don't know if we have this in the in schools where we now have a a social media course that we now teach everyone the dangers of. Because I don't think it's, here's here's the deal: AI and algorithms it's not going anywhere. So now I think on most of the collegiate levels there are. I think on most of the collegiate levels, there are classes that obviously they're um, geared towards majors. In the middle schools and high schools, I'm going to have to ask my nephews if there's such a thing. I mean, I know there's computer science classes and they may touch on stuff, um, but I think there are only like special programs that are either special funded or like, say, for instance, certain federal um, programs in certain areas, not across the, the, the education system all across the world. Yes, I think what we are <laughs> slow to adapt and and i mentioned this again earlier we have to adapt this absolutely should be covered in middle school and in high school and it should be a course throughout these united states in every school district we cannot expect a company that is pulling data to make money off us to also have the moral standpoint to help guide our kids hell no we gotta guide our kids it's your kids you had those kids you educate them, right, at the home. And then also society, we understand we live in the day and age of social media. We have to take control of it and educate ourselves in the danger of going to these explore pages, right? Um, but then also, there are bots out there, right? And we all hear about these fake and spam accounts that are so damn many. I, I don't, again, I don't think it's an easy solution, but one solution we could put out there is a, some type of verification process. And I don't know if we tie this to state, we tie this to federal level. Hey, do we use our social security number in the United States or our driver's license number or our unique identifier to open up these accounts? Therefore, we have, you know, provided an authentication that we are who we are. Now, you know, I'm about to put on my HR uh, human resources hat. Um, of course, you know, there's a lot of PII that goes along with that. And of course, if you're entering that information in, and again, I, I think once they have stronger protections and multiple levels of authentication, I think that could be a case. Um, but I do agree with you. There should be some level of authentication of knowing who this individual person is, the age, um, according to the current law, how much they should be interacting or doing stuff online. And let us not be fooled. The internet is being um, the internet, being monitored. The internet. The, in, the internet. <laughs> the, <laughs> the internet is being <laughs> is being not censored, but being monitored um, at multiple levels, uh, state, local, and on um, the federal level. Um, so don't don't be surprised. You know, again, you know, we always laughing about who Alexa's listening to me, but there are a lot of she cases is. that are being solved and. Um, people you know being brought to justice based on these monitoring and listening um abilities i would say i love to provide solutions i think also think people think that's a, a, a issue that i'm not listening but i am 100 engaged when i have conversation with people and i am listening and you mentioned the pii protections there are ways um to protect that that data and not only the protection but we can have encryptions right you enter that information in it doesn't get stored because it you, i don't know if you heard of um a hash id they use the hash ids all the time now in, in encrypting information where you don't want to use the actual social security number or your unique identifier um and this is definitely in the case of bitcoin um with the, with the blockchain they use hash IDs and each hash ID is a unique ID to each transaction in the meta. I'm sorry, in um, the blockchain technology. We can utilize that exact same technology for Ooh. social media where you punch in your SSN. It doesn't go over as um, your SSN. It, it routes through. Yes, it has to go through some chains of, of, of delivery and verification and once it's verified and this could be done through a, a, a u.s approach or a state approach i think we should just do it countrywide and once it's verified that ssn doesn't get stored but your hash id does get stored right and now that hash id stays with you on when you go to sign up for your social media platforms so you only going through the federal government to obtain a hash id in order to open up a social media account, you have to use this verified 
hash ID given to you from the U.S. government, now you can join these sites. That is a way, in my opinion, and I probably just gave a company billions of dollars here. Probably should follow this up. <laughs> I'm about to copyright it right now. <laughs> I think that's a way we can authentically verify that we have an actual person on the other end and not a bot or a fake account. I think I, I think that there the people who are creating these bots will um, will find a way around it. But I think in the interim or in the short term, it's a good option. Um, people, again, you know, I like to make things relatable. People who are familiar with um, health and human services or social services that you get like WIC and child support and stuff like that, or childcare. Um, when people go on those different websites and apply for these services, yes, you have to put an SSN, a social security number um, for the individuals that's uh, under the family household account. Um, but outside of that, there is a unique identifier, a number that's generated, as you just stated, uh, that comes up that allows people to be say, hey, uh, this person, this individual unique person associated with this household is a real person and is allegedly and is getting <laughs> these benefits um, because of X, Y, and Z. So yeah, I, t I totally agree with you. I think it's a really good idea to do that. Um, and it's, I think it's a little simple to do as well, because anytime like search, like such as Facebook, I think recently within the past, uh, year or a few months, um, Facebook implemented this new, um, multi-level authentication uh, process. And mm -hmm. it said you have three days to a week to do this because by a certain time, if you don't do this, your account will be locked and you will have to log back in and then you'll be forced to set up this authentication process. Because again, you know, like you said, you know, people don't take the onus upon themselves or the responsibility to safeguard their own information, but expect everyone else to do it. And I feel companies are... Are clapping back because <laughs> you know I'm ratchet. They're clapping back by he saying, it, "Okay, I've, I've been trying to get him to admit this. This is this is this is growth. Do you hear me? This is growth. He just admitted that he was. I'm I'm safe and guard, safeguarding my information. Not everybody has to know that I'm ratchet <laughs> all the time. Too late. As, as <laughs> um. So I would. So I want. I really want to like sum this up. I, I know we covered a lot here, but when it comes to like the censorship i do think one of the first steps that these social media companies especially the ones here in the united states can do is to help get rid of these fake accounts spam and bot accounts that are influencing people's thoughts right there are folks who get again you search on a story and you may get like the first two or three suggestions and then you may get the what i think those tangential type of um recommendations and then you go a little bit away from the uh, the original intent of your search come on sat on, words tangential <laughs> and you keep getting pulled away and you keep getting pulled away and next thing you know you in a rabbit hole and you are thousands or hundreds of videos and short clips later and now you're an extremist and that's how i think people become extremists is because they go in these rabbit holes and they start to believe that whatever their information they're given over and over and over day after day they're now changing they're really re hell they're rewiring you you are being rewritten as a human your thoughts is being taken over by the social media posts and accounts and you are in this rabbit hole of almost no way out and i think we got to do a better job is society in general with trying to eliminate these fake accounts first and well not first but one of the priorities and then also social media platforms related related to censorship um needs to be faster the social media policies as well as our um legislation that help us navigate the spaces i think both of them need to be a top priority as well so we are not slow to react with the the ever-changing advancements of technology um i know we i i again i love social media i think it's worth it i understand people who don't but if you understand the platform you understand why you're going on a platform then i think you're fine right you are not held hostage to someone's information and content you're not assuming someone has bad or negative intention 
you're not being led in a direction because you started a search on guns and next thing you know you down a rabbit hole of gun laws and rights and having the ability to kill people because you feel like you have the second amendment on your side right i just want to make sure that everyone understand it's not a us versus them it's not an easy solution we do have to look at this in a multiple perspective and understand the nuances behind social media and how it can negatively impact us but guess what it can also positively impact us and i want to i want to always articulate the positive side i i totally agree as we i believe that we are wrapping up uh today's podcast (laughs) i one thank you guys for always engaging and and checking in all the love that you've given x3c and the times that i've done cameos maybe one day i'll become a permanent fixture i'm just putting it out there in rotation (laughs) i hate that rotation no but (laughs) but i i encourage you guys like as we go through any topic you know do your own research you know i you know as my grandmother used, used to say study and show yourself approved, which means that don't believe everything that people say or tell you. You go out there and find the information and develop your own opinion. Um, again, I would say two, I would ask you to, as Carrie Washington said, don't yeah. believe the, <laughs> don't believe or her character in the movie, in that series said, don't think that you can put anything out in the universe and no one can challenge you. Um, Three, I would say work on your individual mental health. I I think that, you know, you are one um, dealing in different spaces. It's going to be different for each individual person. And if you know you're a person that is a little bit more fragile than other people, you know, put yourself or get yourself to a point where you're either you can deal with um, this social media or whatever it is in certain doses or that you're in more control of um, what's going on. I would say for um, be more responsible, take more responsibility for things that you do. Um, Go vote. As these laws come out for social media, you know, be an active participant in making sure these things happen. You have legislators who are at your local and state level, write them a letter. Like um, X3C said, be a part of the solution and not the problem. I think part of the problem is too many people are providing too many complaints, but no solutions. Be a part of the solution. Right, exactly. Create some shit. Stop always whining and complaining. And then my last one, number five, be a loving and understanding beautiful human being or alien at the end of the day our cyborg <laughs> our cyborg at the end of the day i truly believe that though there, there there is evil and negativity in each individual person at certain levels there is much more love and positivity that can be there so and but again it starts within you and inside your household and then it goes out from there so you know work on yourself and being more positive and loving and let that spew out in all the different spaces where you are so you can be more accepting, more inclusive. And that's uh, that's all for me. <laughs> I love it. I couldn't say anything else extra. I love it. It's outstanding. Also, shout out to the Cyborgs again. Okay, guys, good chat. So until next week, uh, thank you guys for who are in the live chat and who have been donating and supporting the channel. I really greatly appreciate it. Remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.